And good morning, everyone. Welcome live to the studios of Triple H 100.1 FM with me, Alexi Boyd, to present another week of fantastic small business education experts in their fields and just general feel-goodedness with being a small business. This is Small Biz Matters, of course. Thank you for joining me once again. And uh, we've got a couple of really fascinating guests this week. We're going to be speaking firstly to Karen Edbrook, who is the founder of Big Girls Don't Cry Anymore, which is a retail success story. I'm so thrilled to be bringing her journey to to you. She's got lots of really great information to share and um, a journey which is full of its ups and downs like we all have in small business, but full of really great successes as well. Now, there are certain types of stories we all listen to in times of crisis. Stories of strength when we're overcoming personal hardship, of growth in economic slumps, of great leadership when dealing with unusual situations and those which inspire us, which we simply don't want to adult anymore. Well, this story will tick all of the boxes above. With literally no previous retail experience, Karen Edbrook started Big Girls Don't Cry Anymore using extraordinary work ethic and a desire to assist women. It's now a rare success story in a weird world of retail closures. Founded before social media and online sales, she's been forced to adapt quickly, not only in the way she sells to clients, but how she interacts with them. Her team has completely changed, her products have evolved, and her business is a great example of how the retail world is now survival of the fittest. Welcome to the show, Karen. Okay, welcome. Thank you very much for having me today. That's a pleasure. I'm really excited to bring you onto the program because when I heard about your story and not so much how you overcome personal uh, circumstances that are a little bit negative at times, but also just this incredible period of growth you've experienced when so many bricks and mortar retail places are just closing down almost overnight. So tell me a little bit about, um, I guess, the beginning of your journey and how you came to have a passion for what it is that you do. I had a bad car accident nearly 28 years ago, put on a lot of weight, uh, couldn't find grass to fit. That's basically it, <laughs> on 30 kilos. What do you do, you know? So I started doing research, couldn't, couldn't um, get on the internet. I had to go to the library, look up the yellow pages, then wow. had to send a fax. And then to get samples, it, you know, can you imagine no mobile phones, no social media, it was very hard. So it was very time-consuming getting products from around the world to see what, what could do. Over the years, like, you have to contact suppliers, you know, and you had to call them, oh, you're in Australia, you know. A lot of people go, you know, don't you have people down there? And it's just sourcing it out then testing it, you know what I mean? Like, oh, my God, a double F cup. What In Australia, what's that? What's a G cup? You know, um, I was going around into stores trying to get fitted and I'd get all the horror stories, oh, you should lose weight. I had a medical condition. I couldn't do that. Mm. Oh, it fits, but it doesn't fit. And that still happens, you know, the same problems I had 28 years ago still happens today around the world. Indeed. And so you saw a real niche um, in the market where people, for whatever reason, um, had this requirement and nobody was meeting it. Was that because, I guess, um, the retail space was a bit blind to this huge sector of the market that they could have been tapping into? I think back then the average brow size was around a C cup. And over the years, you know, our average size in our shop, our biggest selling you know, bra is a double G cup. Now, that's unheard of. You tell anybody else that's your biggest selling size and even today they don't think that that is correct. Mm-hmm. Just knowing what's out there, the biggest mistake I made was I just thought it was big girls, you know, that had problems. And then I learned very quickly it wasn't just bigger girls, it was small girls with fuller busts. Mm-hmm. They were totally left out of the marketplace and that took me like six months to source. All those girls were being neglected. And, you know, 
so that was you know one of the biggest problems that that we had was trying to find out the the customer like and now we have customers from 11 to 100 you know, that's what I've heard of in a lot of these businesses. You can't sell or advertise a front-opening arthritis bra to an 11-year-old and yeah. you can't sell a bikini to an older lady. You know, it's, it's very hard. You know, you, you, it, a lot of things come into play. So I'm hearing a lot with your, your journey and your particular business that it's really important about the individual customer and you're not just, you know, saying, okay, there's, there's this many people with this exact problem, so we're going to solve this problem for this many people. It is very much about the individual. So tell me about that, that very fast transition that you had to make between bricks and mortar to online sales. What was the process in that, in that pivot? We were nearly one of the first people online um, when the website started and on social media because we had been around a long time. No one thought of the website, you know, a way everyone, everyone would have thought of bricks and mortar stores and everyone thought of the website. So we gradually did it. It wasn't until the past few years with social media platforms and more people shopping online that we had to really focus or hold on. We have really another part of our business. You know, let's work on that. Let's treat our website like our shop front. And a lot of small businesses don't do that. They don't change the look of their website. You know, you do change a store window every four weeks, so why not change the front page of your website? Everyone gets bored. It's simple things that I've learned that don't cost money. A lot of things I do don't cost money. You've got to have the time. And in this day and age, a lot of my ideas will help small business and, and they're common sense. You just can't give up. It makes it, that's a really important point there you, you make about changing your website, that it always looks fresh and different. Yeah. Just in terms of practical things and practical strategies, um, what's some really simple ways that if you're selling online that you can change the look and feel of your website quickly and efficiently every few weeks? Just the imagery. Always keep the imagery fresh. That's the way to go tips and tricks. You know, you've got your basics of your website. You don't want to lose your branding but you just want to put up new products or, look, this is the feature of this new, if I sold clothes, oh, look, this has just arrived or this is the main feature of this jumper or there's lots of things you can do. And if you've got a bookstore, this is the latest book, here's a paragraph from the book. Mm. There's lots of things you can do without costing money and that's what we've all got to look for at the moment is, is ways to um, promote our business to our customers um, without costing money and talk to your customers you can use survey monkey it's free find out what your customers actually want do they want new brands do they want existing brands but new colors you know always listen to your customers because at the end of the day no matter how many statistics and reports you have they're the ones buying so you've got to listen to them so with, I mean, obviously when you've got a bricks and mortar and you've got people standing there, you can gauge their interest in a particular product or you can chat to them and say, oh, what is it that you don't like about that? And that can be set up the line. So how do you, you mentioned SurveyMonkey as, as an option. Is that after the sale? Is it during or do you regularly build up a database and send out these SurveyMonkeys to your clients on a regular basis from a base? Well, it's a couple. Of course, you've got to start with your database and your existing customers. Always get your existing customers to sign up. Never sell or distribute your mailing lists. You get them to do it in store, you know, or online. Um, but when you do SurveyMonkey, there's lots of different ways. You can send it out to your email customers. You can promote it on social media platforms and you can put it in, say, your fitting rooms or in these days you have a note on your counter, please fill in our survey. Mm. Okay, they're the ones who are going to tell you what you want. It was interesting. The biggest survey I did was how do you want to know about new products? So you had Facebook, Instagram, SMS or email. Email came in at 80%. 
still. Which shocking. Still, and that was four weeks ago. Wow. Yeah, oh. more people want to be contacted by email. Now, you've got to keep doing that because then you've got to start moving your focus around. Okay, how do I engage more of my um, emails, you know? There's so many email um, platforms out there you can use. Mm. You know? Someone doesn't open it in the first 48 hours, you can automatically resend it to, to try and get them to open it. There's so many simple things you can do. And so as a business owner, have you engaged someone? Because I know that your social media presence is massive and obviously that's, that's – <laughs> but you've worked hard at that over the years as since you began Definitely with online. And, and so um, how much of an importance do you place on having a really big social media presence? And I guess how have you organically grown that, that database of people? At the moment, it's something I do. Um, there are so many free courses, like Facebook have free blueprint courses. Anyone can learn how to do Facebook ads for free, free tutorials, Google ads, Pinterest. Every, there are free plat, you know, for you to upskill out there. You know, um, it's just me knowing what people want. So I have to be on social media. I personally don't do social media, but I have to do social media, especially in this day and age. But you don't, there's um, best practices. You don't want to bombard people. You want to keep them interested. But you can learn all that yourself without hiring any other companies to do it. So it's more about keeping them engaged with you and your product and I guess your story rather than some... um, I don't know, a formula that's coming to you from uh, exactly. another company that doesn't really understand you. Yeah, and the biggest thing on social media is don't sell all the time. What's a tip? How do you wash a bra? Oh, my bust is spilling out. What do I need? Mm. Like, don't just sell, sell, sell. It's got to be in, informative. Keep them informed. We did one on staff, introducing our staff. This is a person that picks your bras. This is how we pack our bras. This is our shop. Look at our shop. You've got to interact with them. It's not sell, sell, sell. And everyone's got a phone these days, so you can do it yourself with no cost. That, that's exactly right. And, and it's, pretty, it's pretty low cost when it comes to advertising. Um, and you can do things like using, you know, third-party apps like Canva to help you with a little bit of design. But then so as, as you get bigger, you can obviously use graphic designers and people like that as well. Now, I'm just going to take... Yeah, I want to take a quick break here on Small Biz Matters. We're going to go to some community service announcements. And when we come back, um, I wanted to talk to you, Karen, about that team because one of the things you've had to do quickly is change from a retail bricks and mortar team to someone who people who know online. Exactly. So we'll be back after this um, on Small Biz Matters and uh, we'll talk to some more with Karen Edbrook from Big Girls Don't Cry Anymore. Now, speaking of your growing your business, today we've got Karen Edbrook on the show. She is the founder of Big Girls Don't Cry Anymore, a real fantastic retail success story. And just before the break, she was telling us about how important social media has been in growing her business. Now, one of the, I think, really fascinating parts of your journey, Karen, is that you have managed to grow exponentially in these times of crisis. And one of the ways you've done that and a foundation of that is hiring the right people. Now, obviously, the difference between bricks and mortar staff is a lot different to online staff uh, and you had to change how you hired people. Can you take us through some of the strategies that you had when changing your diverse workforce? Well, it's very hard. Mostly most of the staff in my shop that I had hired do all the jobs, apart from the guys. They can't bra fit. <laughs> but, most, but everyone else knows everybody else's job. It got to the stage where we had to literally have like from one person on live chat to five people on live chat. My staff were working very long hours, so we started to hire to hire more and more staff. We've now hired fifteen staff, and we're looking at hiring another another five. 
the downside to this growth is getting them trained up enough without trying to lose your customer service. That's been our biggest thing is we're trying to get deliveries out. We're trying to train staff. Um, maybe never worked in retail because a normal retail, that's a retail job doesn't exist anymore. You just don't go and work in a retail industry. You've got to have social media, you know, you've got to know about social media. We have live Skype fittings. So we do all our bra fittings by Skype. So we have nine fitting rooms. We turn into nine virtual rooms, which is one of the reasons we're very successful. We had to train all our girls to fit um, virtually. Uh, and you look a bit confused, but yeah. I'm- we I was thinking 50% of the population out there is going, how on earth does that work? And the other 50% of the population is going, what's a fitting? <laughs> what's a fitting? Yes. So basically, in, in short, when people come into our our store, we we don't touch people when we bra fit. We educate them, show them what to do. So there's no difference between doing that on Skype or Zoom. They zoom into our fitting room, we explain products, show them products. So literally, you've got to retrain your staff um, to do that and like... And you still go back to the store, get product, bring it, bring it back. But there's more phone, more people on the phones. It's getting a normal person. We've got to train them our way now. Mm-hmm. They've got to do like live chats. They've got to help with internet orders. The customer service we have to ramp up because it's all about customer service now, like online. And our downside is we we can't teach people fast enough. Which um, getting new equipment. That's the other thing. How do you you have all this stuff? How do I buy equipment? Another tip is I just bought five IMAX on my frequent flyer points. So I've been, you know, the, those points are sitting there and I've been buying a lot of equipment and stuff on frequent flyer points to try to try and cope. And people have just got to realise now, you know, are you willing to learn? You know, just don't, oh, I just have a retail job. I just stand on my counter. You can't now. There's no such thing. I don't think there'll be that anymore. You have to learn other skills, and that's what we will teach you. But we have to be patient, and our customers have to be patient. That I know we're growing, but please be patient with us trying to teach these people. I think that level of communication, what you're you're explaining there, is that everybody's going through a transition, and it's important to make that part of the conversation with your customers. So, how do you do that? Is it basically through you know the introduction process? Hi guys, you know we're experiencing this sort of growth. Uh, how do you explain that to your customers that they do need to have that level of patience? Uh, it's on all our social media platforms. Um, like, for instance, we used to get back to emails within hours. Now we've had to put something up. Please allow three to four days to get back. I'd rather be upfront and tell them than not tell them anything at all. On our newsletters, everything we do, and then because we're running behind, Australia Post is running behind freight companies, we've actually did a, a voucher, so what we call a sorry voucher. Every parcel that goes out says, look, um, we apologise for the delays we've had. Here's a $20 voucher. We're trying to keep them informed. If we didn't do anything, like we've even got a COVID policy on our website, it's just that if we if we didn't get back to them, you know, straight away, they go, oh, but you're not answering me, you're not answering me. So we're trying to be um, transparent with, with everybody. Hey, we know we can't deliver in our normal time, but look, please bear with us. We're training, we're training people. We're getting there. And, and this could go on for months. What's, yeah, that's right. What, what's been the reaction from your customer base about those um, changes to timing? Because we've been going 28 years, a lot of our existing customers um, are fine. They, they understand because a lot of our products come in from around the world and they're running low on, on um, you know, staff in their warehouses. Some of the new customers who don't know us or who, who, who know who we are, it takes a bit more explaining because we're picking up. At the moment, last week, 67% of our website traffic is brand new. 
Wow. On, on the stat. So it's educating those people. Look, we've been going 28 years. We're not a fly-by-night company. Please bear with us while we're growing. We're here to help. Now, speaking of growth, um, you mentioned the, the difficulty with training staff on the go. Um, as a retail business owner who's been in business for decades, mm-hmm. Do you think there's a real shortfall in the experience of uh, people coming up through retail jobs that they're not trained in online sales? And what do you think can be done to solve that? It's not online sales. I don't think people are trained to answer a phone properly (laughs) or even write properly. You know, we we try and get someone to write something, even writing something down or taking a phone message. I think it's the basic skills that I think are being forgotten at schools, you know, how to answer um, how to answer a phone call, what's good customer service. These are basic skills. I think they need to be more implemented um, in in, in high school. You know, not everybody is tech savvy. Mm. Now, I'm still old school. I still do, you know, some things, you know, hand. (laughs) But it's just customer service. I think that that's where it's at at the end of the day. People don't know how to treat customers and be transparent uh, and they've got to learn that at an early age. But isn't that the role of small business is to take those students or take those younger people um, and bring them through the, the process of learning customer service? I guess it's always been the role of, of small businesses to do that, to train them, to give them that, that um, education, if you will. We do that. We have manuals. All our staff write manuals. We update our manuals. But the people that we're seeing, the tw- you know, even the 19 and 20-year-olds, they have no idea who would do basically customer service on a phone. Mm. You know, it's just some basic training that, that people um, need these days. And people are going to be open to learn different things. The world's not going to be, um, the world's changed. We just have to adapt to it. And um, I won't give up. Like we're in the bra business. We should have been closed, you know, because we do face-to-face fittings. But I was determined after 28 years not to, let, you know, let my staff without a job. You know, there's so many more ideas you can do and they don't cost money. And what would be your, your best piece of advice to someone who is in a, in a bricks and mortar, traditional bricks and mortar retail store and is really struggling to keep afloat at the moment and they're looking down the barrel of closing? What would be your one piece of advice to, to start with? If you've got stock, you've got a website, Facebook, social media, get your mobile phone, just you or a friend, show people what you've got in stock, have a deal, explain the pros and cons. You know, you can do it without minimal cost. Just, you know, some people have got a stack of winter stock. You know, use your phone, get on saying, look, this is a benefit. Look how this fits. You know, um, purchase now, give us a call. You know, you can still take um, phone orders. There's no such thing as phone orders if you don't have a, um, a proper credit card, you know, facility online. So if you're a small clothing store, get rid of your stock, do it online. You know, maybe start getting more stock in. Um, and there's so many... You don't have to spend a lot of money even to start up online. There's so many um, companies that will do websites for next to nothing. You know, get get their information, start up a Facebook page if you haven't got one or Instagram and just snap a few things in your shop. Everyone wants wants to help you. And that's what we've found. So many people are wanting to help us. Fantastic. Look, thank you so much for joining us today, Karen. It's been eye-opening to find out that there are retail success stories out there, particularly someone who's, you know, you started out with no retail experience and now you're growing exponentially. So congratulations on that. It doesn't happen without hard work. It's certainly not luck. Um, but yeah. thank you for sharing so many of your secrets. How can people find out more about your product? Uh, just go to brastogo.com.au. 
Fantastic. And of course, they can find you on all those socials where you've got a fantastic... All social media platforms, big girls don't cry anymore. And thank you so much. I think you're doing an amazing job for small business. Oh, that's a pleasure, Karen. And so are you. Thank you for imparting all of that small business education. Stay with us here on Triple H 100.1 FM. When we come back after the break, we're going to be speaking to Lauren Prayel, who is an expert in marketing. We're going to talk about your customer journey. Actually, we're going to talk more about your customer journey like we've just been doing. You're listening to Triple H 100.1 FM. We'll be back after this.